What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Bum. This episode is all about sobriety. If you know me, I support people who try to be sober. I'm envious of people who can be sober. Um, I do not have the luxury of being sober sometimes, I feel like, because I equate drinking and alcohol to work. So I feel like if I'm not party boy Jeff, uh, a brunch or whatever it might be, I don't get paid essentially. So I'm always envious of people who can just like wake up early, go to the gym, just live a normal lifestyle without having to feel so consumed with drugs and alcohol. And I feel like maybe New York's culture has something to do with that because I mean, what else do you do in New York other than party? I think that's what people come here for. Um, so I want to introduce my first guest, John, where are you from? Uh, hi, I'm from Miami, but I'm currently living in Guadalajara, Mexico. Ooh, I love. So also a very party-oriented area, I would say. Yeah, I, w- I just moved here. Actually, I was in Mexico City for three years, and over there is a lot more party-oriented than over here. But yeah, Mexico is known for its party and tequila and all that. And how long have you been sober? Um, six years and six months. Congrats. That's awesome. And my next guest is Eddie. Eddie, where are you from? I am also from South Florida, still living in South Florida. I can tell by the backdrop, you're somewhere in like the middle central of Florida, probably. Uh, West Palm Beach. Okay. And last but not least, my man, Fernando, where are you from, babe? Hello, um, I'm from Argentina, uh, but I'm based in London, London, UK. Yep. So now the party city. Sober. Um, pretty much my entire life. Wow. <laughs> I touch here and there, but I can count with my hands uh, whenever I try some substance. Damn. Um, That's awesome. Eddie, wait, how long have you been sober? Uh, November will be 10 years. Guys, I'm with some like real vets in here right now. (laughs) Um, Well, John, I'll start with you. At what age did you start like experimenting with things? Let's say like drugs, alcohol, like at what age was it kind of thrown in your face that you're like, hmm, should I try this? Um, I was six, I was either 15 or 16 in Miami. Um, Sounds like about right. Yeah, I started smoking weed. That was my first time, like getting high or getting. Well, actually, I I drank, I drank, and like in Miami, we go to a lot of quinceañeras, like sweet teens, mm. in high school. And I remember I started drinking, and then I started, I tried pot around fifteen or sixteen. And then Eddie, what about you? Mine was fourteen, drinking like gas station liquor out of a Zephyr Hills water bottle. Ooh, I love that. Nothing like yeah. a good like natty light or like a dollar ninety nine tall boy. You know what I mean? That's how what we, that's what you live off in high school. Exactly. And Fernando, I'm curious. When did you ever try alcohol? Like what? Um, I guess uh, when I was like seventeen. Okay. I feel very boring just talking about my me being sober for so long or forever. Um, 
but yeah, it's it, it was when I was about 16, 17 years old. Um, so let me ask but you it, guys this: Have you got? Has anyone here ever had like a problem with drugs or alcohol? Oh yeah, me for sure. Okay, so John and Eddie, you guys used to be big drinkers, maybe even dabbled in drugs, and that's why you are currently sober. For sure. Yeah, I was a total alcoholic and drug addict, and that's why, I, that's why I'm sober now. How old are you now? I'm 30 now. Okay. So you really went for it when you were younger, clearly. Yeah. And then, Fernando, why... I guess, what, what did you go through that made you want to not get into alcohol or drugs? Like, what kept you so far away from it? Um, well, part of it is um, having lost some friends and, and because of drugs and, and an ex-boyfriend as well. So okay. that was kind of um, put me completely off. And then I remember at school in, back in Argentina, they would show us um, videos on how the, the drugs would transfer to um, other countries from South America. And I guess I got a little shocked and impressed. It was quite graphic. Um, so I mean, it's I definitely a dangerous culture to get into. What's that again? It's definitely like a dangerous culture to get into. Like if you get really into it, like dealing with like drug dealers and them coming over and just like, well, that's a, I, I, I just have a picture of, um, of um, a woman carrying a dead baby with drugs inside. So that, that was the, um, that's how graphic it was. That's what they teach you down there? Uh, I know, but it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, pretty, it's pretty hardcore. Um, I, I was quite shocked. It's, so I guess when I was a kid, it, was, uh, it, was, it had quite an impact. Wow. Um, well, yeah. Eddie, let me ask you this. Do you think drugs and alcohol are like a staple of gay culture? Um, I feel like blanketed, yes. Um, definitely just like through the apps and like when I first started coming out or being submerged around the gay culture, it's just always like PNP or like, what do you got? And it was just like, ah, like this isn't my scene, not yeah. my scene. Um, but like through just like maturity and I don't know, being more involved in like the gay community, I've found like a little niche of like sober or healthy-ish people. But I feel like blanketed, yes, and a majority of it, yes. Like a staple. Yeah. I don't know, John, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if staple is the word I would use because I feel like staple kind of like a positive ring to it. Fair. But I feel like um, it's definitely being gay and like in the community and going to events and like, like Eddie said, like the apps and stuff, it's definitely in your face. I feel like it's way more in your face, in our faces than it is for straight people. I mean, I think that's a fair statement. I can't argue that. Yeah. I also think a lot of people use drugs and alcohol as a gay man or just people in the LGBTQ community in general as a coping mechanism. So I feel like a lot of people feel like separated from friends or family and then they gravitate towards drugs and alcohol in this culture, if you will. And you can make friends immediately in that culture and not saying it's healthy friendships, 
but it makes you in that moment feel better and that you're not alone. Um, and I think that's why people get so caught up sometimes in it. Um, yeah. Fernando, let me ask you, what do you find, like, do you find it difficult to make friends who are also sober? Um, I, I don't judge people for, I, it's not like I choose my friends based on, on how sober they are. Um, I, I think it's, everybody's free to do whatever they want to do. And obviously there are some things I cannot do with them because it just, I feel a little bit out of the pot. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, I don't, it's not difficult to do friends where it's sober. I mean, if it's difficult, it's because of something else, but not because of the drugs. Um, there is some exclusion, definitely, but there's some things that I don't have fun doing, like going to circuit park parties yeah. or, um, but no, it's, I don't think it's, um, it's a big issue. Um, making friends. So I, I don't think you should choose your friend based on, on whether they do drugs or not. I guess, Mike, maybe for you it's different. But John, for you, do you find it difficult to surround yourself around people who like indulge in like a party, drugs, alcohol consumed lifestyle as somebody who's trying to like not drink or do drugs after recovering? Um, a little bit. I mean, I I I got sober like in a program. Um, so in that I made a lot of friends and then you just kind of meet like sober minded people just like you and like back home when I go home to Miami, like my clique, my crew is, we're pretty much like all sober, like sober gays or just not even only gays, just my friend, a lot of my friends are sober. But in Mexico, that's not really the case. Like I, I do have that click of like sober friends that I've made here. Um, but I also have friends obviously who are not sober. Um, I, I don't really base my friendships on, on that, but I, it's definitely something that I'm, I would be very uncomfortable. And I, tend, I, I try to take myself out of situations if I'm hanging out with people and they're doing drugs in front of me. Like it's something that I, 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 I don't really rock with, so I try to just kind of avoid it, you know? If you go to a circuit party or something, you're gonna see it in your face. And, and so sometimes I avoid those kind of things too, but I mean, I, I don't, it's kind of like what, what Fred said, like I don't judge people or like make it something that I base my friendships on with them. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's better <laughs> to not be around. I mean, there's definitely, even for me, I feel like I have friends who do things that like, I'm down to drink, but like once you get into like the more hardcore things, if you will, like I'm not gonna be the person who's like doing G or like we go away to the Hamptons or something. I'm not gonna just do acid in the backyard. Like that's like far beyond what I even care to do. And I don't like judge them for that. Like I feel like if that's what you wanna do and that's like works for you, like that's great. Um, but I do think though that people kind of, maybe I'm like one-sided, I'm thinking about this in New York, but I do think people in New York kind of surround themselves around people who do things that they do. So I know that there's a group of people who are a little bit more religious, but they are all sober and they have like fun game nights. They always have like all these activities they go to. 
Um, but then on the other side of things, like I'll probably see them on like a Tuesday where then on Friday I might meet up with friends who want to go do something a little more extra. Um, Eddie, let me ask you, like, do you find it difficult to hang out with people who are not sober or if you like go to a circuit party, like, do you enjoy yourself in those type of situations? Um, I feel like I've lived like two different sober lives. So I as well got sober, like in and through a program and like my first like five, five and a half years of recovery, I was like surrounded by like nothing but sober people going to like sober events, um, just in that community. Um, and then I don't know, I don't know if it was like an awakening or I don't know what it was. I just like, I removed myself from that group. Um, and obviously still sober, but then started hanging out with people who maybe would just like drink or do like random things. And it's like, led me to like having like in the rooms, we call them like normies. So I'm like normal friends who like drink or party or like occasionally smoke and stuff like that. Um, so it's like in the very beginning, like I didn't feel comfortable being around it. I wouldn't be around it. Um, not proudly, but like self admittingly, like definitely like judge people who drank. It was kind of like, a I'm better than because I'm sober now. I'm doing this great stuff. Um, and now it's like a healthy mixture. Like if my friends are going out down to Miami or somewhere close by, I'm like, absolutely, let's go. The yeah. plus of having me around is you automatically have a DD. You automatically have a designated driver like who's that is always going to be sober. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So now it's like I do a little bit of both. I have sober friends. I have not sober friends. So you got to a me. point where you're like comfortable that you could be around it without feeling too tempted. For sure. And it's just become a lifestyle now. Like I don't really go to any like meetings or I'm not really involved in any programs for me. It's just like, I live a sober lifestyle. How old are you, Eddie? Um, I just turned 32. Okay. Fernanda, how old are you? I'm 47. Wow. And I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Because so, of the so both because of I'm sober or <laughs> well I feel like let me tell well, because you because I I still you, have hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you do have great hair for being 47. I know that's probably rude to say, but um, <laughs> I I'm envious though because it's that's healthy that you've been able to like come out, move away from home, find friends, and like live a healthier lifestyle than most people are able to accomplish without like diving into a toxic culture if you will you know yeah i i always i always kept in mind i wanted to be fit at 47 <laughs> so Perfect. i don't i think i think what happens to your body when when you put so many substances and alcohol and and it, it's just um i have a lot of friends who are 35 and they look like 50 yeah, and and they already have health problems, so yeah. I think it's an investment as well. Um, but I come from I come from a religious like South America. Argentina is a Catholic country. I'm not religious at all, but I grew up on that environment, and it's a uh, it used to be very traditional when I was young. Um, I left Argentina when I was 27, and. And I, I moved to New York and I've been in big cities since then. Um, and in cities where drugs are around the corner. Um, but easy. the fact 
and yeah yeah but the fact that i was by myself i i needed to be fit and and because i i didn't have a lot of money and i had to you know have a job and i couldn't be deported from from the countries where i was living so there was always a risk on doing crazy stuff as well so that helps yeah staying sober well let me ask fernando i'll start with you when you are you married or single i'm single so what if you are you on the dating apps Yep. Yeah. So if you go on a date with somebody, yeah. does it bother you if they're like, oh, let's go get drinks? Has it ever been like a problem conversation where you're like, oh, I don't drink, but let's go do this instead? Um, mm, nope. That's fine. Like, they can drink. I get my Coke Zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, it's a, it, that's not a problem. Drugs is a little bit different. Yeah. I have a massive problem with drugs and sex. I just don't, I don't like, um, I don't enjoy having sex with people who are high. And you that know, is- What uh, drives me nuts about drugs is I feel like I hate when people do drugs and then you go to kiss them and then you taste the drugs in your mouth. And I'm like, that should be like something you tell someone. You know what I mean? Like if you just put Coke in your mouth and I kissed you and I like go to do something and then my mouth starts going numb, I'm like, what the fuck? Like I- <laughs> hate that that is my biggest pet peeve yeah but it's also the shaking it's the the performance it's like there are a lot of things that don't work for me yeah well it's like uh, it's uh, i like i like being connected to people and it's it, that doesn't help i think you sound like a but, very romantic guy i'm uh, i'm a little i can be an asshole too <laughs> <laughs> uh john let me ask you do you have a difficult time like finding guys and dating apps um like in a serious way like not in the way of like oh i'll just sleep with you and it is what it is but like in a way that, like you can <laughs> absolutely do what they do no uh yeah i have had a i have had a really difficult time over the years like finding someone a partner i guess that is like not i've just i've realized that i i don't see myself being with someone that is like an active drug user um, I don't have a problem with drinking. I don't know exactly how I feel about weed. I, I don't really have a problem with it either. I've dated guys who smoke weed and it doesn't really bother me. But what bothers me is guys that that get high, you know? But at the same time, like I've dated bar owners, like I've been sort of like in relationships with bar owners that they don't do drugs or really even drink. But then I've also been with like guys that are like in finance or like in office jobs and they're like, doing g and coke and stuff on, on weekends um on weekdays but yeah i think that for me i i know i have friends that are sober and they don't have a problem with their partners doing drugs or getting high or whatever but just for me i it, i don't I, like i said like with friends i i like to kind of stay away from it you know eddie what what's it like for you it is so i'm currently dating um my partner like drinks occasionally. Um, but I was thinking about when they were talking, like when I was on the apps and like out on my rampages that I would go on. Um, I don't think I would ever like, if it was like an immediate, like one night stand, if they would like talk about drugs, I probably wouldn't like meet up with them. But if it was always like a, Hey, let's meet up and grab a drink um, and see where it goes after that. Like I would always like meet up with them, but not like preface that I'm sober. 
And we yeah. just meet up at a bar. And, like, I would order a ginger ale. Like, always, like, my drink of choice. So I'd always just order a ginger ale. And they're like, you're not drinking? And I'm like, no, it's all right. Like, do your thing. Um, and sometimes it sparked good conversation. Sometimes it, like, got awkward. They're like, well, I was planning on, like, doing more. Um, so it was never, like, an end-all, be-all type thing unless it was, like, like I said, unless I was just planning on going and doing my thing one night stand and they were talking about drugs, I was like, no, move on. Yeah. No, there's definitely some people who you meet who you're like, okay, they're just a fucking mess, but like, I'm just horny. I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? And like, I've definitely been, maybe it's problematic, but I've definitely like done things and I'm like, okay, like, you know, this person's a complete shit show. And like, they might, you might feel like you're leading them on almost, but you're just like, it's, it's bad. I know. But yeah. I don't know. Dating life is yeah. a huge different topic. There's a very strange <laughs> reaction when you tell someone um, um, that you don't, you don't do drugs, so you don't drink. There's some people take it as a judgment. Mm-hmm. And there's like a defensive reaction to it. And I think that's probably why Eddie kind of uh, gets a ginger ale and doesn't say much. <laughs> uh, but people, people feel bad. People feel guilty. And it's yeah. It's not necessarily a judgment. It's just a choice of not doing drugs or. People notice also that you, like they go out of their way to notice that you're not drinking and ask you why and, and kind of push a lot. Like if, if I go to like work events or, or just, and I'm drinking, I tend to buy, like, I tend to order like a club soda with a splash of crayons sometimes just so that it looks like a, a fancy. drink. You know, just so that it looks like a drink because if, if 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 you're drinking a, a bottle of water or something, people start asking you, like they notice that you're not drinking and they want to know why. That's a good point. Yeah, I even times like I go to an event, for example, and I'm like, I just don't feel like drinking. You know what I mean? Like it's I don't enjoy drinking five days a week. It's just not enjoyable. I sometimes will equally just get a club soda and put a lime at the end because it just saves a world of conversations that's just like it's just like a weird conversation. So I don't get why people do that. And I probably have even asked people sometimes like, Hey, why aren't you drinking today? You know what I mean? But I don't know why we're accustomed to do that. Is that an American thing? Actually, Fernando, I guess I should ask you this. Is that an American thing? No, I think it's universal. (laughs) It happens everywhere. Well, so John, I'll start with you. What are some of the benefits you've noticed you could talk about like health wise or emotionally and mentally, like what are some of the benefits you've noticed about your demeanor for being sober? Oh man, I was, I was really bad. So, I mean, everything, everything is positive now. Obviously like physically kind of like, like Fernando mentioned, like physically it's way better to not, I guess, poison your body with alcohol and drugs. And I, I work in fitness and for me, it was actually like generally like it was immediately directed, like directly connected to um, to getting sober. Um, my career in fitness because a friend that I met when I got sober was like who kind of introduced me to it. And it was like kind of like a new addiction for me. And then also, yeah, mentally the same. I mean, I, I know like now I always think that I can go out and I can finally enjoy myself because before I, I, I couldn't say that, you know, I would go out and I was a waste case and would get arrested and in trouble and wake up and just make stupid decisions and fight and and now i don't really have to worry about that so 
I mean, there's definitely a lot of problems that kind of, that are still there. And I think that I, once I just took the alcohol out, the problems were still there and I, I had to work through them and I still do, but definitely mentally and physically, it's a lot better now sober than I was when I was drinking and using. John, I feel like I'm only able to ask you this. What, at what point in your life were you like, I need to try out being sober? Like what was like the final straw for you that you were like, I need to stop? Um, it was just like, it was a series of events. Like I've been arrested a lot of times, like drunk. Um, I, I woke up, I've, Three, on three separate occasions, I woke up in like Miami-Dade jail and I didn't even know why I was there, but that wasn't even enough for me. Like I went to Miami Beach Gay Pride and I lost my cell phone and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And that's when I stopped. It just kind of took what it took. Like I was like in booty shorts and I woke up on a bridge off of North Beach and I was like, I can't do this anymore. But going to jail and all that stuff wasn't what stopped me. I think that every person just has like their own story, you know? Some people stop yeah. right in the beginning. Some people have something not that bad happen to them that makes them stop, you know? Eddie, do you have a story? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's similar to John. Um, I had my, like, series of issues, but I feel like the final straw for me was, like, family intervention. Um, I had just gotten into, like, a drinking and driving accident, flipped my Jeep, um, luckily walked out without killing myself or others. Um, which ended up in treatment. And from there, it was like, I, even when I first got sober and I was in treatment, I didn't think I would stay sober. I was 22 years old and I was like, I'm going to be the pothead hippie artist that I want to be. I'll eventually go back to like smoking weed. Um, but after just like being sober for a while, it just like stuck. And what you kind of were asking them about, like the benefits of it, like I just noticed my body changing. I noticed my mentality changing. Uh, my goals became different. And I don't know, I just got shit done that I wouldn't have gotten done if I wasn't drinking because when I was drinking and drugging, like that was my priority. My priority was like, where am I getting my next fix? Who's the cool people to be around? Who's going to give me the best deal on this? And like, I don't know, it just wasn't good. It definitely changes your priorities in a way. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like even for me, oh, like, oh, what am I doing this weekend? Like, I should be thinking on, like, how to better myself or grow a business or, like, be more professional for myself. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh, who's coming over tomorrow? Where are you pre-gaming? Like, it's so consuming. And it's tough to say no sometimes. Like, even though, like, you know, oh, I should probably do this or get this done in this timely manner. But I feel like the pressure from friends to be like, oh, we're doing this. Like, come on, like, let's go. It's tough. For sure. Fernando, what about you? Have you noticed any benefits from sobriety compared to your friends, I guess? Um, yeah, I think it's um, on the surface. It's, it's, it's obviously your skin and your, your, it's easy to keep, keep in shape. Um, but then I do, I do acrobatics and, and, and flying trapeze and this kind of circus stuff. Um, and I, I don't think if I, if I didn't have a healthy lifestyle, I would be able to do it at my age. So I think that's a massive, I and mean, that's a very big part of my life too. So I think it's, 
I think that's 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 mostly what I said. And like my friends, my 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 friends, my age, and and I hardly do in sports. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think that's that's the main benefit to me. I'm being well, conscious whenever I'm in somewhere. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you're like, you go on like, I'll go on like a two week sober kick and I will say like my body, I just feel good. I can wake up early. Like I feel like I accomplish more. Um, yeah, it's definitely like a rewarding feeling going through a cleanse. I just don't think I could do it for like long term. So I'm envious of people who are able to do that because it really is like a whole lifestyle change in a way coming from you would be able. Why, why are you saying you won't be able to? I don't. So first, number one, I don't think I would want to, but I do okay. play the cleanse. Okay. So like that's, when I can go home and that's just... That's different to not being able to do it. Yeah. Like I feel like I... So when quarantine first happened and I went home to my parents' house, I probably just like drank nonstop for two weeks because I just viewed it as like, you know what? Fuck it. Like there's nothing else to do. I haven't seen my brother and sister in so long. So all we did was just like drink and play beer pong in the basement and just like do stupid shit. And then after two weeks and my mom's like, you're probably going to be here for a little bit. I'm like, okay, well, and I just went on a whole health cleanse. I like went to the gym every day, like in our basement. And I just like didn't drink for probably like four weeks. And I felt so good because I feel like I noticed myself, like, especially when quarantine started happening and like, jobs for me started like dwindling out because like everybody was not really paying instagram people to do shit and i felt like alcohol was making me miserable at that point that like when i would drink it was like catching me all in the feelings that i was like going through this like life analysis that wasn't mentally healthy for me so i just like stopped drinking in that moment because i just was not in a mentally good headspace you're back on it <laughs> no, I'm definitely back <laughs> in a better headspace and jobs are back and I feel better about my life, yes. Okay. Back in March and April, bitch, it was not cute, let me tell you. <laughs> it was not not the time to be alive. Well, uh, the, pan the pandemic was tough on, on everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, it's technically still going on. Oh no, everywhere. Um, well, John, let me ask you, if you, or I should say this, if somebody is thinking of wanting to go to meetings or thinking of trying to be sober, what would you suggest like their first step should be? To do it. I mean, it's happened a lot over the years, you know, I've definitely like, have met a lot of people that, <clears throat> want to get sober and they ask me like how did how did you like all i can do is really share my experience like you and and hope that it works for them and there's been people who reach out to me uh i'm not i'm not shy about being sober and i'm not like as anonymous as a lot of other people are like i'm really open about it um so a lot of people know so they kind of have reached out to me um <clears throat> so i tell them like go to a meeting or just don't drink and try to invite them to do sober things but sometimes it sticks and sometimes i have friends that it's stuck and they've been sober for years and i have friends that they're like you know what this isn't for me or i have also friends that they don't want to get sober for the rest of their lives you know everyone sobriety is different for a lot of people like for me sobriety is being completely sober and for some people 
it's like i think like eddie said like there's some people like normies that still smoke weed but they don't drink or like they had issues with crystal meth so the fact that they all they do is drink is fine for them you know so i guess my tip would just be to go to a meeting and see if it works out for you yeah not judging people but i was surprised at the amount of messages i got and the reason i went with like you three in particular is because i feel like in some way or another like i have some form of relationship with you guys you know what i mean like we've had banter back and forth that i'm like but the amount of people that basically came to me and they're like, oh, I'm sober. And I'm like, okay, like, and that's why I sent you guys those questions in the beginning, because I feel like everybody defines the term sober differently, where mm -hmm. some people equate sober to being like, oh, I don't drink alcohol, but I still smoke weed and like sometimes drop Molly and go out with my friends. I'm like, well, to me, that's not really being sober. I was like, I want to <laughs> really classify that. So I'm like, I'm proud of you that you don't drink. Like, I'm glad that gives you some benefit, but I was like, that's not really what I'm going for right now. And Fernando, you even messaged me and you're like, well, I've never like necessarily like had a problem with it. I just choose not to do. And I was like, no, that's perfect. Cause I could use someone with your viewpoint. You know what I mean? Like everybody defines sober differently, but I just really wanted to showcase why, or I should say how people can live a normal life, make friends, have healthy relationships, but choose to be sober. You know what I mean? It all comes, comes down to choices. It's not, I mean, you can do, it's, there's no judgment, judgment. I don't think there should be a judgment unless, um, unless you kill someone because you're <laughs> um, high or whatever, or, it, but I, I, I think it's a, it's a choice. It shouldn't be a judgment. Well, for it comes example, across as somebody who as lives that. internationally, would you advise anybody to do anything different if they want to get sober um yeah i mean you advise them to get some help to read the red velvet and <laughs> what is um, it just uh, the, that book the uh, the velvet rage do you guys know what that book is i know what it is yeah yeah i bought so, it out of here haven't <laughs> okay john you need to read it read it um I, I, I think it's um, when it becomes a problem, you need to tackle as a problem. If you, if you, by the time, if, the time you can control it and you can, you can have fun or whatever, it's fine. But when it becomes a problem, you need to do something. Well, I think some people don't realize like it takes different things. Like for example, John's buildup led to him losing a phone. You know what I mean? Like it could be as big or small, but I feel like everybody reaches their own ticking point. And I think some people don't even realize they have a problem when maybe they do. Um, and I even notice a lot of friends who they're like kind of boy crazy and boy driven, but they don't realize that like their problems and their actions kind of stem from how they act. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to have somebody who acts this way. You know what I mean? So like, how, how, how do you react when, when you see a friend who is actually having problems and doesn't realize to be honest, I don't do much. And that's probably a problem. If it's someone that was really close to me, I would, I would say something. But if I've, there's a lot of people that I've met that it's clear that they have issues and you kind of just let them be because it's not, I just know that like nothing worked for me. Like the intervention with my parents didn't work for me. Like I got sober years after my parents like sat me down and tried to force me to be sober.
Yeah, but it, when, it, when it comes to your... Sorry. I feel like sometimes you can only say so much to like a grown ass adult that like it almost, not that it ruins your friendship, but it comes off more that you're trying to be their parent than their friend where then they start hiding things from you. Like I've noticed that if I do say certain things, they just basically start doing it behind your back or don't invite you because they view you as like not on their side in a way or something. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've noticed those things that it's, sometimes does more harm than good and i know as a friend that's probably not a good answer but that's kind of how it goes well guys that was a lot (laughs) (laughs) um well i will tag all your instagrams in the bio um if you guys have butt pictures please send me so i can post on that monday um John, I'll start with you. Any last words? Um, I, I just, I think that that's great that you're doing this. I, I, uh, that you're doing this podcast, this episode, because I, I love, I love your, like your dinamicas, like your dynamics of like the votes. I always send them to my friends, I know. but I feel like a lot of them are geared towards like drinking and drugs. And I think I've even, I've, I told you once, like you should do a sober one. And then now that you did it, I think it's, it's I great. Yeah, inspired me. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think it's cool, and 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 congrats to the rest of the guys that are sober, and I hope you guys are able to continue your sobriety. Eddie, what about you? Any last words? Um, no, it's, um, it's, sorry, you go, Eddie. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would just be like if you're thinking or feeling or something like resonated with you throughout this like do some research dig in ask questions and like use resources there's tons of resources out there whether it be like programs like in-person stuff um online like i don't know just do it in worst case scenario or so we're for a little bit you can go back to whatever you're doing best case scenario you change your life and live a little bit healthier and if anyone like hearing this wants to reach out to me and i have like and don't feel bad i will talk to you and give you any tips i have share my experience with you guys john's very good in the dms (laughs) 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 fernando what about you any last words um i i think it's important to to reach out and i would advise um, the sober ones to, or, or whoever, if you see someone in trouble, it just to talk to people, just to talk to them. Even if they tell you, fuck off, you, I think it's, um, it's good to talk to them. We just need to learn the way to approach people um, from a non-judgmental place. Um, but if we can help, we should help, if okay. that makes any sense. It made total sense. If you see a friend in need, do something. Yeah. yeah. Nobody likes a shit show. There you go. And thank you so much for doing this. Well, I appreciate it, guys. I could well, not have done it without you guys, clearly. So much appreciated. So if you guys need anything, I will have links from the boys in the bio of this podcast. And tune in next week for another episode of Behind the Bum. Thank you, boys. Thank Adios. you.